Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With shoppers buying everything online these days, getting those holiday gifts for family and friends is going to be harder than ever. But no need to worry because our friends at Seattle Shirt Company have got us covered. Jay and the team have an unbelievable selection of NFL and NBA jerseys for everyone on your list. These jerseys are 100% authentic, from current superstars like LeBron James to the all-time legends like Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Walter Payton. Seattle Shirt Company has it all. And right now, for our listeners, we have a special one-time only pre-Black Friday Cyber Monday deal. Everything you buy at seattleshirt.com is 30% off. So head to seattleshirt.com and enter the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for 30% off your entire order. Shipping is always free. Seattle Shirt Company, helping you get ready for the holidays a little bit early. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, and SB Live Sports and the Believe Podcast Network. Conversations with experts in the field of sports. Today's is a unique guest, someone I'm excited to hear a little bit more about his program, his vision for his program, how his program came to be. Someone I got to know a few years back when SB Live was making some inroads into our scoring product. Today, I'm excited to talk to him about the big picture of his program. It's the Oak Hill Academy Warriors head coach, Steve Smith. Coach, how goes it? I know you guys are back on the East Coast and uh, you guys have had a couple scrimmages now, from what I understand. How is life back there for you? It's going well in a little uh, strange, strange year with the COVID situation all over the country and all over the world, actually. But uh, so you, know, you never know from day to day. You know, I've been calling teams that we're supposed to be playing in the upcoming weeks just to make sure we can play them. And, you know, we're all being tested and having our opponents being tested. And uh, it, it's a different year, obviously. And uh, we got to make the most of it and uh, appreciate you having me on your show today. Absolutely. I mentioned you and I had kind of connected uh, a few years back when we were really kind of growing uh, scorebook live, but we were more on, on the, the tech side. We're yeah. now kind of a full company with, with media as well as our tech. And in doing that, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about you, your coaching path and your program. You're someone who has spent their entire time coaching at the high school level, but at the very highest level of high school basketball. When you were growing up, did you always want to get into coaching? Or, and if so, who were the mentors that you had along the way that helped develop and shape your philosophy as a coach? Yeah, that's an easy one for me because my father was a coach, and uh, he coached at uh, Fort F. Back then they called him Small College, which would be Division Two now. but. Uh, he coached at Malone College in uh, Ohio. He coached at Taylor University in Indiana. He coached at Azusa Pacific out in California. Uh, and then he finished at Asbury University in Kentucky, which is where I went to school, and that's where he graduated. So I was always around my dad going to practices as a young young 
young kid. I mean, third, fourth grade, I was keeping stats on his bench and I was the water boy and manager, whatever you want to call me. But, uh, you know, I, I just fell in love with basketball at a young age and I played other sports, uh, played soccer and golf and basketball. I played three sports in, in college and uh, also in, in high school. So, uh, you know, I went to Asbury, which is a small school and uh, 1,500 students, NAIA school now. So uh, you can do that at a school like that. You can't do that at high D1 school, but you can do that at that level. And back in the 70s, I'm, I'm getting older now. I'm showing my age. But back in the 70s when I went to school and uh, just I took a lot of coaching classes and uh, got a minor in coaching and a master's degree. And uh, just something I always wanted to do was coach basketball. You mentioned oh, many of those different levels, NAI schools, Division Two. I, I know a lot of those names that you're talking about through, you know, just the basketball community that I stay in touch yeah. with in my broadcasting work. You coach at Oak Hill, and you have a number of players that are recruited every single level. I can only imagine that your network of coaches is, is as strong or as big as any high school coach across the country because you have – five-star McDonald's All-American types, as well as guys that are going to play at the NAIA Division Three level. When you're talking to coaches at all these different levels, quite honestly, do you sense a difference in their approach to the game, or is it all the love of the game which is driving these coaches to be involved in coaching at that college level? Yeah, I, th I think the coaches at all levels, uh, even, you know, if you're at the Division Three level even, they love coaching and – there's great coaches at all levels. There's some of those guys I've known, and even some of the high school coaches that I'm around, uh, I consider you know some of the best coaches out there, regardless of what level you coach at. Some people find their niche in high school. Some people find their niche at the the NBA level, whatever. And uh, I mean, everybody aspires to coach at the highest level, but uh, that's not for everybody. And there's not that many jobs for everybody. So, uh, you know, I, I've always enjoyed coaching in high school. You know, and, and at Oak Hill, it's a little different. It's not just you're not just coaching high school, you're coaching high level athletes and you're, I'm running my own program here from scheduling to booking flights to doing the travel to picking the team and, and so forth. And uh, so it's, you know, I feel like I have a great job. And that's why I've stayed as long as I have at this level. And uh, I think if you love coaching, coach kids at any level, I've seen guys like Jim Calhoun, who I'm friends with and Roly Massimino, who I was friends with back in the eighties. And those guys were coaching division three schools recently. So, um, if you love the coach, you can coach at any level. And I think it's fulfilling at any level, too, if, if that's what you really want to do. I love how you mentioned you find your niche. And some coaches find their niche at a different level. You started alluding to the fact that you love Oak Hill. And you've kind of found the niche that, that fits you perfectly in, in the role that you have to mentor players and keep them on the straight and narrow as far as school and basketball and maximizing their potential. Even though I'm in the basketball world, and I've heard of the, the, the school Oak Hill for years, going back to when, you know, Rod Strickland, I knew, went to, to Oak Hill, yeah. Barry Stackhouse, um, some guys that I played with. I don't think people truly know what Oak Hill Academy is about. They, 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 they know that there's, you know, McDonald's All-Americans that have come that from there. There's been uh, national titles that has been won by Oak Hill. But what truly – is Oak Hill Academy about? Yeah, Oak Hill is a private boarding Baptist affiliated high school. We got grades eight through 12. And uh, one uh, misnomer is that we've got overage kids or fifth year kids or post grad. We, we don't have any of that. We're a straight high school. 
but the kids come and live in dorms and they live on campus. Uh, and we're a private school. The school has been here since 1878. So we're a school first, you know, not a basketball team that's got a school around it. We're a school first and Oak Hill would be here if it had basketball or not. Obviously I, I'm a little partial and think that it's helped the school through the years, helped the school grow, uh, attract students as well as basketball players, um, especially in the last 30 to 40 years. But uh, Oak Hill's a school that's used to be a little mission school in the mountains for, for kids that were in the Blue Ridge Mountain area. They would go to school here. And then the public school kids that we even bust in here uh, back in like the 10, 1910, 1920s, the 30s. And then they got to be just a straight private school, uh, boarding school. And, uh, you know, all our kids live in dorms. We don't have any day students. And so it's a little different than most people know. And uh, the basketball program started in the middle 70s with Dr. Eisner was the president back then. I've, I've worked for three presidents, and they've all been sports guys, and which is a good thing for me. Um, you know, I, I work with guys and administrators that love sports, and especially basketball. And you never know when somebody new comes in what will happen. But it's always been a great thing for me. Uh, and it's kind of been a change when each guy comes in where it's been a good change. So, uh, you know, Oak Hill is a place we've had a lot of players matriculate here. and. Uh, you know, we've we have put out like 35, I think, 34, 35 McDonald's All-Americans, 30-some NBA guys, over 250 Division One players. But we've also had kids go to all levels of college. And, uh, you know, I've only had three kids here through the years that I know uh, that I've been here since 1983 that haven't qualified and gone on to college and played college basketball at some level. So, you know, it's usually our whole squad goes to college uh, on scholarship at some level every single year, especially the last – Oh, I would say the last 10, 15 years, that's the case. And uh, most of them are Division One now. We had Last year we had eight, eight seniors, and they all signed Division One. So uh, it's a place you can come and get your academics. Uh, social life is not the best because we're isolated in the Blue Ridge Mountains, but we don't sell that. We sell the basketball. We sell the, the uh, academic program. And, uh, you know, where could you go play against another Division One guy every day in practice at your position and grow as a player and uh, – you're basically getting a year of college ahead of time. That's so impressive that in, in all your years, only three guys have not gone on to play at the college level. So there, there's a very high level of expectation when a student athlete Correct. comes to play for you and you hold them accountable on the, on the basketball side, I can imagine, uh, but also on the schoolwork side so that they can be academically eligible. I think one of the other big misperceptions about Oak Hill is the fact that you told me off air before we began to recruit that kids you don't recruit that kids or AAU programs or parents reach out to you to be a part of your program what's a typical day like for uh, a student athlete at Oak Hill considering that you have high expectations uh, athletically but also academically I mean you're talking about yeah always had guys that are eligible to play at the next level. So I would imagine you guys place a strong emphasis on classroom work. Yeah, we do. They go to class from 8, uh, 8.15 to about 3.45, all academic classes, uh, seven class periods. And uh, they have eighth period, which is an after-school period where they can go for extra help, tutoring, uh, whatever all our teachers stay in the classroom it's not it's a little different than public school when the bell rings everybody runs for the parking lot but including the teachers but uh it's not like that here and uh of course half i would say more than half of our faculty lives on campus so they're you know they're accessible all the time weekends included and we have 
practice uh, after school is out. Uh, they have dinner in our school cafeteria. Then they have study hall in the evenings, mandatory study hall. All students, not just the basketball team, all students have mandatory study hall at night. Um, lights out is around 10 or I think it's 10 on a weekday, 11, 12 on 12 on weekends. They have weekend activities. We don't have as many activities now because of COVID. Uh, you know, we always have school assemblies and chapels and things like that. But uh, we've had to cut back on group group meetings be, just because of COVID. And uh, so this year's a little different than normal. But our schools, the school days laid out for them. Weekends are laid out for them. Uh, when the basketball season's in full gear, we're usually traveling and playing a lot of games. This year's a little different. We're playing all home games first semester. And second semester, we're basically hoping to play all the way games. And as uh, long as this virus doesn't kick back up and as long as the country doesn't get shut down, and we have, we've got some really good games uh, second semester here that we're looking forward to playing. Hopefully, we'll get to do that. You're a school that um, you guys travel pretty extensively. I, I think I've looked at, at your past records you know, sometimes you'll play 50 or so games as a high school team. And you're not affiliated, if I'm correct in saying this, with a state association of Virginia. So you have the ability to kind of travel throughout the year and play as many games as you want. How difficult is it to create your schedule? And with the advent of now ESPN over the last 15, 20 years doing high school games, do they have any say in some of the games that you guys get involved with? Yeah, and we're actually a member of the VISAA, which is the Independent School Association of Virginia, all the private schools. Our, our state association in Virginia is a little different. All of the public schools are in the VHSL. All the private schools are in the private league. So um, we don't play in the state tournament per se. We don't uh, – we could if we wanted to. We do with other sports. You know, we but we don't in basketball. We choose to play a national schedule and travel and uh, – go to high school events that are, you know, really big time events around the country. We think our players want to play against the best players and we want to play against the best teams and best coaches. And we've chosen to do that. And uh, we schedule each year. It's a little different. Um, I do the scheduling with the gold team, which we call, that's our national team. Um, we've got three teams here, a gold team and a red team. They're two varsity teams and then a, a white team, which is our third team. So we have other basketball teams on campus. And uh, they play a local schedule. We play the national schedule and obviously do some traveling. And uh, But, yeah, we play some games. Uh, ESPN will televise two or three games. We've got one next week. Next Thursday we have an ESPN2 game actually going to be on our campus, which that's never happened before at Oak Hill. It's a, we've got a gym that's built in 1954 with 350 seats, and we don't have any fans right now. It's We're not letting anybody come in, including parents. So it's going to be a little different, but it's going to be a TV game. And, People get to see that old gym and the jerseys on the wall and the banners hanging and kind of going to be fun to have the ESPN crew on campus next week. But um, we'll play a couple games on ESPN. We played other games. We've been on CBS Sports. We've been on – all of our games are live streamed. So uh, most of all of our games can be seen by somebody, you know, somewhere around the country. And, uh, you know, that's been a good thing the last few years where TV and Internet people have been showing games. And we live stream our own home games. So uh, – and this year we're especially doing it for our parents who can't come to campus and, and watch in person. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, watching basketball at any level that's live this yeah. year. So I'm going to definitely tune in and, and watch some parts of that game. And, and I've seen pictures of your gym, but to then watch it on a game uh, on TV and see those jerseys and banners on the walls will, will be interesting for me. 
because I love the game of basketball. I, I read as much about it. I watch as much as I can. Um, and knowing the, the history of Oak Hill, you've got a tremendous amount of players uh, and team success. Is there one or two players that stand out to you as far as when they came on campus, you weren't quite sure what to expect, but they far exceeded your expectations due to their work ethic and just became a household name? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably the first one that comes to mind is Ray John Rondo. He came to us uh, from Louisville Eastern High School in Kentucky. Uh, we didn't know if he's a point guard or a two guard. And, uh, you know, he, he ended up coming here and playing with Josh Smith, who went on to play in the NBA as well. So we had two NBA players on the team. And uh, Ray was, I think he was ranked the 15th best point guard in the senior class when he got here. Um, and he ended up being probably the one two player in the year. He had no chance of doing that uh, at Louisville Eastern High School because nobody really knew who he was from Kentucky. And uh, he blew up. And, uh, you know, he made the McDonald's game. He went on to Kentucky for two years. And then he's playing beyond. He's won two world championships, one with the Celtics and one with the Lakers. And uh, so he's a guy that just came out of nowhere and, and uh, played the point position for us. I actually went and saw him in an AU tournament. He played the two, two spot. And he played with a guy named Chris Lofton. You know who Chris is. Probably went to Tennessee. They had Chris Lofton playing the point. And uh, Chris was a great shooter. And Rajon was it. And uh, questioned the coach there. But anyway, we got Rajon. He realized what skills he had as a point guard and uh, how smart he was as a player. And, and he led our team to a 44-0 season and one of the best teams we've ever had. He's a guy that stands out uh, probably above anybody else that I've had. That's interesting because, uh, you know, you mentioned Rajon Rondo and his AAU coach kind of had him flip-flopped with Chris Lofton playing probably for each of them out of position. You would have wanted yeah. Rondo creating for a shooter like Chris Lofton. And, you know, quite frankly, Rondo is a possible Hall of Famer. I mean, if he goes yeah. and wins another championship with another team, I, I don't think there's a way you can discredit any of what he's done in his career. Right. He would be a Hall yeah. of Famer. When you look at AAU teams and then when you help the recruiting process of players that you have at, for the coaches and the college programs, is there any programs that stand out when you're helping a kid make a decision that do things the right way? Because I'm sure you see a lot that are, are solid, but do any completely stand out and be like, if I had a kid, I want them to play at that program? Yeah, I mean, if you have a, the highest level player, um... And they're, be, they're being recruited by Blue Bloods, and it's hard to pick one out of over another. But, uh, you know, people always ask me, you know, does anybody do it without cheating? Does anybody do it without fudging at all? Does anybody, you know, can anybody do that and do it successfully? Uh, and it's, you know, I, I have a hard time coming up with, with schools or names of coaches. I know everybody. I don't like to offend anybody. And I've seen things and uh, heard things and uh, – but, you know, it's just – but I, I know, you know, Coach K has been in here multiple times. And then here you – you know, he, he looks like he does everything the right way. And then this thing pops up with Zion. But he – you know, all these kids talk to agents. You know that. Everybody knows that. And the college coaches may not even know that they're doing that. Um, that rule needs to be changed. Um, you know, Roy Williams at, at Carolina. Um, of course, we're in ACC country down here. So I deal with a lot of guys that uh, – you know, kids that are from the South and uh, all the ACC coaches come in here. And uh, so I'm friends with a lot of guys. And uh, 
hate to just single out one or two guys, but uh, there are guys that try to do it the right way. They try to do things to take care of their players the right way. Um, there are others, obviously, that do things differently, and uh, everybody's trying to you – know, it's tough at that level. Everybody's trying to keep their job. Everybody wants a second contract and a third contract and, um, you know, to coach and have, have a long career. And it's uh, – you see things coming up, with, like the investigation that came up. Uh, it's, it's been about two or three years now, but it's still popping up with schools getting called out. And uh, I'm friends with all those coaches too and you know all the assistant coaches probably as well as some of the head coaches. And uh, it's, it's a different business at that high level uh, to get players and the rules that they have now. Now they're talking about letting the kids transfer to where they want to transfer once. I mean, it'd be a circus. But, uh, I, you know, the NCAA, I don't know. They're a little outdated and they need to – they need to. They need to figure out what they want to do and uh, make things make things run smoothly in the right way now because times have changed. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the NCA is a little bit of a dinosaur when it comes to adjusting to the times, yeah. and, and hopefully they can pick up the pace and make the game a little bit more fluid and easy and more transparent, so that the cheating is lessened. Um, Because it happens uh, at the college level. Hopefully it doesn't impact programs or possible NCAA tournament bursts or titles uh, to the extent that maybe it has in years past. But with all the success that you have had at Oak Hill, I'm sure you've had opportunities to move on to the college level. Are are, Are you glad you've stayed at Oak Hill all these years or is some part of you being a competitor wish that maybe you would have taken a chance at some point and moved on to the college game and tested uh, your philosophies. Yeah. Look, looking back on it, I'm, I'm glad that I've stayed at Oak Hill. Uh, I've enjoyed coaching and I coach at the highest level, I think of high school basketball. Uh, I may have a better job than a lot of college coaches. Uh, you know, low division one, mid, mid division one. I mean, I've got, I talked to a lot of coaches there they're at power conference schools that never coached McDonald's all American. I've had 30, 35 of them. So, uh, I know I, you know, I know I've been blessed to coach good players and through the years. And uh, I had opportunities to leave way back when I first started my career. Uh, I was here two years. I started my career with Larry Davis, uh, who went on to coach at Furman and, uh, he was last, he was an associate head coach at Cincinnati, but he left to go to Delaware as an assistant. And two years, he was here two years, and I took his spot. And then uh, two years after I was here, I got offered a job at VCU. I was good friends with Tuffy Smith. He was the assistant at VCU, and he basically called and said, I'm leaving. I'm going to South Carolina as an assistant, and Coach Mike Polio wants you to take my spot. Well, I was going to take it. I was on vacation with my family in Hilton Head, and I flew up there and ended up turning it down. And uh, Mike was fired in December. (laughs) So I I would have been on the job four months, and I would have finished the year probably, and who knows what would have happened, but uh, you bounce around at that level. I was offered a job at Pitt a couple of times with Paul Evans uh, out in Oregon with Jerry Green when he took over there um, at Louisville twice with Danny Crom. So and I'm from Kentucky. So I, I thought about that one the most serious. That was in the late nineties. Um, but it, it seemed like each stop when I, when I decided not to do it, I was doing it for my family. I have son and daughter were in school, great uh, grade school age at the time. And, once I turned down the Louisville job, I think it was like in 97, uh, I was I was about 42 years old. I just decided I was going to stay at Oak Hill. Um, so I never entertained leaving and never took 
uh, talk to any other coaches about jobs. And uh, I never, I've never interviewed for a job. I've always, I've been offered jobs and went and visited and so forth and ended up saying no several times, but uh, I'm glad I stayed at Oak Hill. I've enjoyed it and uh, it's been fulfilling for me. I have tremendous respect for coaches who have been at the high school level and, and do it for the right way in, in such of the way that you're talking about, but also ones that have stayed at the same school and tried to put an imprint and an impact on that school and that community. Uh, so I commend you for that, even though I know our, our paths haven't crossed much. I really respect that. Um, really quick, Coach, we're, we're going to edit this out. When you, were at, when you were answering the finding a way to get to school, I want to ask that again because the internet was cutting in and out. So I'm going to ask that okay. again real quick. And then after that, I'm going to ask one more question to wrap it up. So I'll be okay. quick. Coach, I know you've got uh, – there's a lot of misperceptions about how players get to Oak Hill. Um, my understanding is that you do no recruiting. Coaches of players at the AAU level or parents or the players themselves might reach out to you in showing interest. Is that the case? And how does a player get to Oak Hill? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it is. And the uh, main reason is we have a reputation. We were one of the first kids on the block, you know, to have a basketball program at a private school, a boarding school where kids could come and live on campus. and um, so we have a reputation, a tradition, and so we attract good kids and good players every single year. And I'm glad I don't have to go out and recruit kids like some of these other programs have to. And uh, it's you know it's we follow up obviously on the kids that contact us. You don't take 95% of them. You know I'll have I kept a log one year with there's over 270 kids. It's about 10 years ago contacted us wanting to come. Well, we have a roster of 12, and. Uh, so uh, we couldn't take, obviously, the majority of them. But, and it's like that every year. Uh, it's changed a little bit recently because there's more schools like Oak Hill. Uh, you know, back in the day when we started, we got most of our kids from the East Coast, New York City, metropolitan areas, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Philadelphia. Now we get kids from all over the country, and we have international uh, students and players as well. And uh, so it's changed a little bit that way, but uh, comp there's more competition. But there's plenty of players out there. It's odd now to see a top 100 player go to the same high school for four years. It's just whether that's good or bad, I'm not saying, you know, right or wrong, but uh, that's reality. And, uh, you know, parents and kids look for the best situation for them. And, uh, you know, Oak Hill Academy has been a place that's been a haven for high school basketball players for the last 40 years. Yeah, you guys have had tremendous success over the last 40 years, as you mentioned. Um, I spent one year as a player development coach with the Portland Trailblazers, and Nolan Smith was a rookie that year. So I got to know Nolan really well, um, worked him out. Uh, he's now a, a, on the staff at Duke, but he played for you, and he yes. had tremendous things to say for you and for your program. And he talked about the family aspect of, of how you really care for guys. And that became evident towards the end of that season when Quinn Cook, who ended up going to Duke as well, I believe played for you at Oak Hill, yes. came out and spent a week or two with Nolan. And I could see how that Oak Hill bond was not about to be broken. They were pulling for each other. Nolan was, was kind of a father figure for Quinn at the time. Do you have a – what does that mean to you when you see other Oak Hill alumni supporting each other and taking care of each other like that example I shared? Yeah, we're, Oak Hill's a – our program is – we're one big family, and uh, 
all the players, even way back to the 80s, uh, my guys know most of the players that have played here. Obviously, they see some of the names on the wall, the most famous ones, but uh, they all know each other. They'll be playing in college, and they'll go up to each other in warm-ups, and, you know, they'll, they'll talk about, you know, being at Oak Hill. Some of them played together, obviously, you know, and when they, and they match up in college or in the NBA or whatever, and uh, Nolan was here. We just talked to Nolan. We FaceTimed Nolan, my staff, and I just a couple of days ago. Uh, we're close with all of our players. Uh, I think the relationship we have with our players is probably the most important thing to us. Obviously, we want to win games every year like all coaches, but we're more about, you know, building these guys uh, for the future. And, you know, we want high-character people here. And if they're not, they're not here very long. And uh, but guys like Nolan and Quinn and we hang out together now. We're more friends than we were – you know, back in the day, you were coach-player, and now it's more of a friendship between coaches and players as we as we go through life. And uh, that's something that I think is is great about Oak Hill. I'm sure other schools have that. Uh, I don't know that they have it like we do. Uh, and we're on campus, and we live with each other, and we're all we're around each other all the time. We do things together besides practice basketball, and you know, we care about each other and each other's families. And uh, it's just it's just a little different here. You have to be here to understand it, but uh, uh, most people that have been through here, they, they notice it right away. Well, Coach, I appreciate the time joining me on the ISO podcast. I look forward to catching an Oak Hill game or two this season, whether it's on ESPN2 or CBS Sportsnet, as you mentioned. Uh, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate getting to know a little bit more about your coaching journey as well as the Oak Hill program. Well, thanks for having me on, Dan. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.